And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, Lon Clark stars as Nick Carter, Master Detective, from 1943. Then Archie quits his job at Duffy's Tavern, starring Ed Gardner from 1945. But first, let me say hello to my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. What's going on? Everything's good. What's going on? You don't look a whole week older. Really? You look great. Oh, wow. Thanks. Vivacious Lisa. Thanks. Your dimples are getting deeper, though. Well, that's a good Just thing. Just letting you know that. They're going to connect soon. Yeah, pretty soon. Hey, you know what? Yes. I'm going to start things off with Nick Carter, Master Detective. It was a uh, detective series first seen in Street and Smith dime novels and pulp magazines. And like Sherlock Holmes, Nick Carter solved cases too tough for police. He earned the moniker Master Detective. Lon Clark played Nick Carter through the entire run. He stars in this episode now called The Drug Ring Murder from November 10, 1943. Here's part one of Nick Carter, Master Detective. Yes, it's another case for that most famous of all manhunters, the detective whose ability at solving crime is unequaled in the history of detective fiction, Nick Carter, Master Detective. Tonight's curious adventure, The Drug Ring Murder, or Nick Carter and the Mystery of the Left-Handed Killer. Well, Mr. Nicholas Carter, are you going to answer your telephone, or are you going to take me out to lunch, as you promised? There's no reason why I can't do both, Patsy. Nick Carter speaking. Nick, this is Riley at headquarters. Oh, how are you, Lieutenant? There goes my... It's on your mind. Murder. And you're right in the middle of it, Nick. Meet me at the city morgue as quick as you can. I'm waiting here. What's the matter, Riley? Can't headquarters solve this case without me? Who said anything about your solving the case? You get yourself down to the morgue right away, and that's an order. An order, Riley? What are you talking about? The body of a man was washed up on the beach this morning, only he didn't die from drowning. It was murder. Yes? There was no identification on the body, none at all, except one of your business cards. Nick Carter, private detective. What? I hid the card in my pocket as soon as I laid eyes on it, but there's a chance one of the reporters saw it before I did. Now, do I have to draw your diagram? You've already done it. I'll be there in the double rally. Bye. What's up, Nick? Plenty. Look, Patsy, hold on the office until you hear from me. I'll call you within an hour. I knew you shouldn't have answered that phone. Business before pleasure, Patsy, and right now I've got business at the city morgue. Where have you got him, Riley? 
On a slab out here? Uh, He's on ice. In the box at the end of the room there. And I'm telling you one thing, Nick Carter. It's lucky for you that I was here when he was brought in. Now, look, Riley. Surely you aren't trying to pull me into this thing just because the fellow was carrying one of my cars. Uh, Well, probably hundreds of people I never heard of are carrying my name in their vest box. Well, if you'd rather be explaining to the captain how your car got on a corpse... Oh, now, take it easy, Riley. You know what it means for an officer of the law to conceal evidence, Nick. How do I know one of those reporters or photographers isn't telling the captain right now that... Let's worry about one thing at a time. You said the body was washed up on the beach on the north shore of Long Island? Yes, it was. Stuffed in a gunny sack with every bit of identification removed. Hmm. Everything was ripped out except a concealed pocket. Yes, I know. With my card in it. Yes. Uh, Here we are. Last box here. Now, take a good look, Nick. Yeah, did you ever see him before? Oh, yes. That's Stanley Phillips. Huh? Dr. Stanley Phillips. He's a research chemist. Sort of an eccentric. Oh, oh, balmy, huh? No, no, just strange. He's assisted me in a few investigations. But for the most part, he was pretty much of a hermit. Didn't like to mix with people. Yeah, that don't make sense. People who mind their own business don't get and go around getting themselves murdered. Where did he live? There's a big house on a Long Island Sound, but his laboratory was on his yacht. It was anchored about half a mile or so up from the house, if I remember correctly. Laboratory on a yacht? Mm-hmm. Oh, he was balmy. Hey, Riley, look. Here in his neck. What did you expect? I told you he was strangled. The autopsy showed he was dead before he was put into the gunny sack and thrown into the water. I know, but that isn't what I mean. Here, look at the prints in his neck. Closely, look at him. Yeah, yeah, well... Unless I miss my guess, Riley, he was murdered by a left-handed killer. Say, maybe you've got something there, Nick. I'll phone the fingerprint expert. Now, wait a minute, Ryder. Let me hit the phone first. I gotta be in my way. Hey, now, now, don't be forgetting you can't take long on this, Nick. The captain will be wanting to question you about your card being found on the body. I can't hold off more than a few hours. Give me those few hours, Riley, and I'll wrap the murderer up in wax paper. Nicholas Carter's office. Oh, hello, Patsy. I, we got work to do. Yes, Nick? I want you to go through the files and dig out all the stuff we have on Dr. Stanley Phillips. That queer duck who did some work for you once? Yeah, that's the one. Research chemist. Uh-huh. Get all the dope on him and meet me down in front of the office in ten minutes. I'll pick you up. All right, Nick. That's all. Yeah, where are you headed for, Nick? The Phillips estate on Long Island Sound. Meet me there as soon as you get the report on the fingerprints of Stanley Phillips' neck. And apparently neither he nor his sister ever married. After the parents died, they continued to live in the big manor house. What did you say the sister's name was? Rose Phillips. Rose. Go on. Mm, you know all about his laboratory being on his yacht. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be one of the best private laboratories in the country. Used to do a lot of research work for big companies. At the laboratory assistant, Tom Marks, young man. And let's see what else. Um, oh, his hobby was writing. Scientific articles, they were. Usually about the effects of habit-forming drugs. He had an article in Popular Research last month entitled Morphine Exposed. So he wrote about habit-forming drugs, huh? Hmm. You know, Patsy, this case might turn out to be more than just an ordinary murder. I guess nobody's home, Nick. You're wrong about that, Betsy. So the curtains at the window move. Hmm. Pounding on the door isn't going to do any good either. Whoever's in there evidently doesn't want callers today. However... What are you going to do? Open the door. This little lock picker of mine. There it is. All right, come on, Betsy. We're going in. I don't see anybody. Stay behind me. Put your hands up. Over your head. She's got a gun, Nick. You're Rose Phillips, I take it, miss? Keep your hands up. I'm asking the questions. Who are you? 
I'm Nick Carter, and this Nick is... Nick Carter? Yes. And this is my assistant, Patsy Bowen. Nick Carter, the great detective, when my brother often speaks of you, he thinks you're wonderful. Nick, she doesn't know yet. Miss Phillips, I'm sorry to have to tell you like this, but your brother is dead. He's... He's dead? Yes. Oh. I'm afraid he was murdered. <laughs> murdered? Stanley murdered? Now, if you'll just put that gun away, Miss Phillips, we'll talk things over. Of course, Mr. Carter, I'm sorry. This is all such a shock. It was a fiendish killing. And I'm going to do all I can to bring the criminal to justice. You may be sure of that. Oh, Rose. Rose. I'm in here, Richard. Oh. Well, uh, who are these people? I thought Stanley told you never to let strangers in the house. It's all right, Richard. This is Nick Carter, the detective, and his assistant. Oh. Well, well, that's different. How do you do, Mr. Carter? I'm Richard Coles. I take it you've already heard about Dr. Phillips. Yes. Ghastly, isn't it? I can hardly believe it. The police say it was murder. For the life of me, I can't imagine who would want to murder Stanley. He was a strange man, Mr. Carter, very strange. He had a phobia about not letting anyone in the house when he was away. You seem to manage an entrance all right, Mr. Coles. Well, I... Mr. Coles is a very old friend of the family and has always had a key to the house. He's our lawyer. Look out, Nick! There's someone at the window! He's got a gun! I can't get over it, Nick. You don't seem to be surprised that you were shot at back there in the house. I'm not, Patsy. That's why I was standing beside that suit of armor. That protected me by deflecting the bullets. Nick, your presence on the Phillips case is most annoying to someone. Too bad that window was frosted glass. Mm. Couldn't get a look at the gunman. That tiny crack the window was open. Well, now, did you find what I told you to look for in the cottage occupied by Tom Marks, the lab assistant? Yes, I found a pair of his gloves. Good. I had to go through all his desk drawers to find them, too. Let me see them. Mm-hmm. All seems to be adding up. Almost too neatly. Adds up to a pair of gloves. That's all. Look, Patsy. Coles told me back there's something about the terms of Philip's will. If he lived to be 50, his estate was to go to a foundation. If he died before that, Rose was to inherit all the estate. But that makes Rose the... Oh, no, 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 no. I don't suspect Rose. Her grief seemed genuine. But there's something else I learned. Tom Marks, Philip's lab assistant,'s in love with Rose. They've been wanting to get married, but Phillips opposed the marriage. Now the field is clear. With oodles of money to boot. But that still doesn't make Tom Marks... Patsy, I'm almost certain Phillips was strangled by a left-handed killer. These gloves of Marks you brought me show that he's left-handed. Oh. And that leads us where? Right out to the laboratory and the yacht. I've got to find Tom Marks. Nick, why in the world do you suppose Dr. Phillips had his laboratory way out here in the middle of the sound? There's no mystery to that one, Patsy. He told me why once. Well, why? So people couldn't bother him. I'd have used his technical knowledge a lot more often on cases myself had been more accessible. Well, here we are. This is the Phillips yacht. I'll tie up here. I've never climbed up a rope ladder before. And you're not going up now either. Not until I look around the boat myself. Oh, Nick, am I helping you on this case or not? You are, but I don't want you taking unnecessary chances. Nick, please. Now, quiet a minute, Patsy. Let's see if we can raise somebody from here. Hello, up there. Hello, aboard the Phillips yacht. It's funny. Tom Marks is aboard. He's keeping quiet about it. Well, we'll find out right now. You better stay here in the motorboat. And let you solve this case alone? Not a chance. Okay, okay. But stay directly behind me, remember? Phew. 
Climbing this rope ladder's no cinch. I'm glad I'm not a sailor. Can you make it? Uh-huh. I'm coming. What do you think you'll find, Nick? Tom Marks, I hope. Here. Let me give you a hand over the rail. All right. Oops, Daisy. Oh, thanks. Well, there's nobody to lay out the welcome rug on the deck of this floating laboratory. Well, that doesn't mean we're alone, Patsy. Come on. We're going down this companionway. Okay. I'm not mistaken. It leads to Phillips Laboratory. This is the laboratory. All right, Patsy, stay behind me. I'm going to open the door. Hey, Marks. Tom Marks, you in there? All right, Patsy. We can go in. Well, Tom Marks seems to have vanished, but he certainly left a mess behind him. Yes. Overturned retorts. Bunsen burner knocked over. Hmm, look here on the floor. Broken bottle. Sulfuric acid spilled and eating into the floor. Yes, this is where Dr. Stanley Phillips met his death, all right. And when the killer came at him, he was sitting at this desk writing. Well, how do you figure that? That bottle of ink tipped over. Wonder if he has any papers here that'll tell us what we want to know. No. Desk's been rifled. Everything of any value has already been taken. It still all adds up to Tom Marks, doesn't it? Yep, seems to. We'll know for sure as soon as Riley gets the report from the fingerprint expert. Nick! Hmm? Nick, come here. Look what I found in the sink. What? This piece of paper. I see. Now, that's in Dr. Phillips' handwriting. Well, somebody tried to burn it out. Then they threw it on the drain board of the sink here. Part of it didn't burn. Let's see if I can figure it out. Like you to know, the man whom I have trusted and worked with these many years is, I have discovered, the head of a giant dope peddling ring. Been using my premises to carry on his business. This man is. Yes, the lights have gone off. Patsy, mm-hmm. Patsy, where are you? Patsy, Nick, you all right, Patsy? Uh, my head. Somebody hit me. Stay where you are. I'll find the switch. Do you have your flashlight? Yeah, I'll find the switch in just a second. Oh, the lights won't work. They must have been turned off the master switch in the engine room. That means there's more than one person on this boat besides us. One of them turned off the lights and the other one shot at us in here. You were right when you said you felt everything wasn't okay on this yacht. You able to get up, Patsy? Oh, sure. I'm all right now. Just a big hen's egg on my head, that's all. Okay. Come on. Nick, did they take the note? That's what I want to find out. Let's see. Flash a light down in the sink. Yeah, it's gone. But wait. What are you going to do? Clean up the sink a little. Ashes don't look well scattered around in a white sink. Carefully now. There we are. Now we're ready. Ready for what? To search this yacht from stem to stern. Uh, what in blazes has been keeping you, Nick? I've been cooling my heels on this dock for the past half hour here. I hope you'll be here, Riley. Hello, Lieutenant. Hello, Patsy. Well, say, you look as if you'd seen a ghost on that yacht. I did. Somebody took a shot at us in the dock. What? Patsy got knocked down the fracas and got a nasty bump in her head. Well, say, who did it, Nick? Whoever it was made a neat getaway. Patsy and I searched the ship afterwards from end to end, but didn't find a soul. Did you see anybody coming in from the yacht, Lieutenant? Oh, nary a soul's come in off that boat since I've been here. In fact, the only two people who've been near here was two fishermen. Are you sure they were fishermen? 
Am I sure? That... Now, now, look, Nick, don't be giving me that. It was bonafide fishermen, all right. They pulled their little rowboat ashore a ways down the beach, and I saw them bring in their catch. And a nice string of fish it was. Okay, okay, Riley. So they were really fishermen. Well, what about your report, Lieutenant? Oh, oh, that. Well, Nick was right. Our fingerprint expert examined the marks on Dr. Phillips' neck and said he was undoubtedly strangled by a left-handed killer. And now all we've got to do is find a left-handed man who had a reason to murder the doctor. We found him. Uh, well, what's that? Dr. Phillips' laboratory assistant, Tom March, is left-handed. You see, you sure worked fast, Nick. And it's a good thing, too. The captain found out about your card being found on the body. Hey, what kind of a scoundrel is this Tom Marks? I don't know. Haven't seen him yet. Wasn't at his cottage, and he wasn't in the lab in the yard. Well, let's make tracks, Mr. Private Detective, and search the grounds here. Wait a minute, Maybe Riley. Can... Wait a minute. There's one thing more you want to know. Huh? Whoever killed Dr. Stanley Phillips is the head of a giant dope ring. Duh. Phillips was killed because he was about to expose the man. Hey, that would be the laboratory assistant. He'd have access to drugs. Mr. Carter. Mr. Carter. Uh, who in tarnation is that? Richard Coles, close friend of the Phillips and also the lawyer. Oh. Riley, yeah? put this envelope in your pocket. Careful of it. It's a piece of evidence I picked up in the boat. Okay, Nick. Mr. Carter. Mr. Carter, I've been hunting everywhere for you. Now, Mr. Coles, this is Lieutenant Riley from headquarters. Oh, I'm glad you're here, Lieutenant. We're up against a dangerous criminal. Uh, don't worry, Mr. Coles. The law always gets its man. What do you want to see me about, Mr. Coles? Rose Phillips. She's gone. Gone? How do you know? Come up to the house with me. I'll show you. Something has happened to her, I'm sure. Hurry! Here. This is Rose's bedroom, Lieutenant. Well, somebody was making a fast getaway, all right. Yes. Just look at the room. Clothes strewn all over. One of her suitcases is gone, and this suitcase, half-packed, was left behind. She and the laboratory assistant must have been in on this together. If she wasn't guilty, she wouldn't have run away. Oh, she must have been out of her mind. Of course, Rose was in love with Tom, and... Nick. What's the matter, Patsy? What are you frowning at? Rose Phillips didn't run away. What, what, didn't run away? What are you saying, Patsy? No girl would run away voluntarily and leave all her makeup behind. Look at that dressing table. Nothing's been touched. You're right, Betsy. Say, do you suppose... Oh, no, no. What is it, Mr. Coles? Do you suppose that Tom could have forced her to leave? You mean... You mean kidnap her? Yes. Well, he won't get away with it. I'll call headquarters and have a cordon thrown around this entire district. We'll catch Tom Marks before he gets to the next town. Good idea, Riley. Do that. Well, Mr. Coles? Yes, Mr. Carter? I guess Lieutenant Riley has this case all sewed up. His men will have Tom Marks and Rose Phillips within the hour. Well, Mr. Carter, it was nice of you to take such an interest in my friend's death. Um, would you care for a cigarette? Oh, no, thanks. Uh, you, Lieutenant? Why, why, sure, sure, I don't mind if I do. Of course. Uh, light? Yeah, thanks, thanks. Well, good night, Mr. Coles. Goodbye. All right. Come along, Patsy. Hey, uh, where's the telephone, Mr. Coles? There's, uh, one right over here on the table. Hurry up, Patsy, we got work to do. I thought you said the case was finished. Not by a long shot. I said that for their benefit. You and I are going over this estate with a fine-tooth comb. I'm not satisfied yet. You see anything, Nick? Come on in. Shut the door. Do you think anyone saw us headed for this boathouse? I hope not. Oh, well, be careful here. Don't step off in the water. Nick, there's a small speedboat in the water. Wouldn't you think they put it in dry dock so late in the season? Depends, Patsy. Look up there, mounted in the bow. 
A machine gun? Mm-hmm. This boat was used for business. Gee, who'd ever think a quiet little chemist like Dr. Phillips kept a mounted machine gun on a speedboat? I believe this setup down here was news to Dr. Phillips, too. Hold on to my arm. We'll look around. Oh, Nick, don't step on the fish. String of fish, huh? Well, dear. Nick, those fishermen Riley saw must have come in here. Patsy, this catch isn't fresh. What? Those men used the string of dead fish just to fool Riley. And those were the men who made trouble for us on the yacht. Yeah, they must have been. Plenty of life preservers stacked up in here. Yeah, that's strange. Here, Patsy, Hmm? take the flashlight and play it on this one. Okay. What are you doing, taking it to pieces? No, just examining it. Aha! There we have it. What? A small waterproof pocket's been sewn in here. Yes, and it extends all the way around inside this life preserver. Pretty clever. Look, Patsy. What is it? These secret compartments are filled with dope. About every one of these life preservers is filled with drugs. Nobody would ever think of looking in a life preserver for evidence. I think Dr. Phillips did. And that's why he was murdered. That's the first portion of Nick Carter, Master Detective. More after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now back to Nick Carter, Master Detective. Nick. Nick. Are you okay, Patsy? Yes, but I can't stop crying. Well, that's not surprising. Somebody threw a tear gas bomb through the window. Oh. That's right, friends. It was tear gas. Who's there? <laughs> Pretty clever of me using the tools of my trade that way, isn't it, Mr. Carter? But Tom Marks is always clever. So you're Tom Marks, huh? I've been waiting to set my eyes on you. It's too bad your eyes are filled with tear gas. Because now you'll never have that pleasure. Okay, Pete, come in and get the lady. Right. I'll take care of Mr. Carter myself. Hey, hey, come on, <laughs> hey, come on. Just hey, come on. Let her go along, here. Let her go along. You got those iron weights in the bag, Pete? Sure, both of them. This guy will never be washed up on a beach like the duck was. <laughs> good. See you tied a bag good and tight. You know, I think he's passed out. He ain't moving none. I did a job on him before we put him in the bag. <laughs> Listen to that dame, will you? <laughs> Sounds like a hoot owl with a cold in the head. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, no. Oh, tighten the gag, Pete. Okay. <laughs> That'll do it. Hey. Say, Carter ain't dead. What does it take to kill that guy? I choked him like a rat and he's still talking. All right. All right, speak your piece, Mr. Carter, because you don't have much longer. You're not going to get away with this. <laughs> you hear what he said? I'm telling you. <laughs> I doubt it, Mr. Carter. You're going straight down to Davy Jones' locker. You'll pay for this. I'll have you behind bars within 24 hours. Uh, listen to him. What do you fellas think you're going to do with Patsy Bowen? Uh, he's worrying about a dame when he's going <laughs> to lose his own neck. Go <laughs> easy with her. I'm warning you. Uh, Come on. Let's get rid of him. Okay. It's dark enough now. All right. You got him? Yeah. All right. Lift him up. That's it. I'll get you, fellas, for this. Two. 
I came as soon as I got your flashlight signal from the shore, Nick. You think the criminals are aboard the yacht here now? You'll see in a minute. The laboratory's right down this companionway. Hey, you're dripping wet from head to foot, Nick. What happened? They tried to pull the same trick on Nick that they pulled on Dr. Phillips. Ah. Only it didn't work, because Nick can expand his neck and wrist muscles. Yes, I had my hands free before I hit the water. There was no trick at all to cut my way out of the sack. And then I clung to the back of their motorboat until it reached the yacht here. I waited for the would-be killers to get aboard, untied Patsy, and here we are. Ah, you're lucky, Nick. He's smart, that's all. Quiet. This is the door. Keep your gun ready. Right. Good evening, Mr. Coles. What? Oh, Nick Carter. Well, come in, Mr. Carter. These two friends of mine and myself were just discussing whether you had found the criminals. I think we have, Mr. Coles. Good, good. There's just one thing more I need to make sure I have the criminals. Riley. Yeah? Give me that envelope I asked you to keep for me. Oh, sure, sure, Nick. Uh, Here you are. Thanks. Now, I'll just take the piece of burned paper out of this envelope. Are those the pieces you gathered from the drain board? Yes, Betsy. They were from the note Stanley Phillips wrote just before he was murdered. Now, I'll just use some of these chemicals in the burned paper. You see, gentlemen, even though this piece of paper's been burned, it is possible by using the correct chemical solution to bring out the writing that was on the paper before it was burned. In this case, I expect the writing will give the name of the man Phillips designated as head of the giant drug ring. And his killer. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yes, here it comes. The chemicals are beginning to act. The writing is beginning to show up. Good. The name is... Nick, look out! Oh, you got it, boy! Get out of and I got these two thugs, Nick. Knocked him out cold. Sorry I had to plug in the shoulder, Coles, but I had to put you out of action. Now, Riley, there's your murderer. Uh, so it was Coles who did it. You're right, Carter. I killed him. Uh, the powers be praised, Nick. I thought Tom Marks was the killer. Coles had me fooled too, Riley, until this afternoon when he came running down from the house. And then I noticed his feet were wet, as if he'd been in waiting. Then he was one of the men on the yacht, one of the fishermen Riley saw. Right, Patsy. And another thing. The man who strangled me in the boathouse claimed to be Tom Marks. But Tom Marks is left-handed. The man who tried to strangle me used his right hand. And you knew Phillips was murdered by a left-handed man. That's right. I knew I was after a left-handed murderer. O'Reilly, did you notice that when Coles lighted your cigarette for you this afternoon in Rose's room, he used his left hand? By golly, he did. Then then he's left-handed, too. Right. When I saw him do that, I knew he was the killer. But I had to make him prove it. Oh, you did that all right. That business about making the writing stand out on a piece of paper after it's burned is a new one to me, Nick. Nick, can you actually do that? Well, it can be done under ideal conditions. But this time, I was just putting on an act for Mr. Coles' benefit. You mean you didn't actually make any writing appear on the burned paper? Not a word, Mr. Coles. And I fell for it like a sap. Nick. Hmm? What's that? I'm not sure, Patsy, but I have a hunch. It's locked, Nick. Oh, Patsy, since when did a locked door ever stop Nick Carter? Quite right, Riley. When did it? This is no time for it to start. So, this one ought to do the trick. There we are. Nick Carter. Oh, thank heaven, Rose. This man with you is Tom Marks, Miss Phillips? Yes, I am. They were going to kill us, Mr. Carter. They tied us up and threw us in here. We heard them planning to throw us overboard. Have you been imprisoned in here all this time, Mr. Marks? Uh, No, not quite. I got a telephone call last night summoning me into the city to pick up some chemicals Dr. Phillips and I needed in an experiment. 
I was slugged as I stepped out of the car. And when I came too late this afternoon, I, I was in here. And so was Rose. Uh, that cause was a smart one. Throwing suspicion on you and then trying to get rid of you in order to make it look as if you'd run away. Smart, but not smart enough for Nick. Well, Riley, you've got your murderer. I have that. And Rose, you and Tom are safe. Yes, thanks to you. And I guess that's that. Oh, no, Nick. You still have to solve my case. Well, what's that, Betsy? That luncheon date you promised me. Oh. Where are you and I going to have lunch at this hour? Why, uh... Well, say, that's easy, Betsy. I know a swell place in town. Right across from the morgue. Come on. This was another strange experience of Nick Carter, master detective, called the drug ring murder, or Nick Carter and the mystery of the left-handed killer. Another of the curious adventures of Nick Carter, which are brought to you regularly at the same time by WOR Mutual. In the strange adventure you have just heard, Nick Carter was impersonated by Lon Clark, Patsy by Helen Choate. The story was written for Nick Carter by Barth Connery. Original music was played by Lou White. The entire production was under the direction of Jock McGregor. Next week at the same time, listen to another curious experience of Nick Carter entitled... The Substitute Bride, or Nick Carter and the Mystery of the Night Ferry. This story is a copyrighted feature of Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The return of Nick Carter is produced in the studios of WOR and is broadcast over most of these stations every Wednesday evening at 8.30 Eastern War Time. This is Mutual. And that's Nick Carter, Master Detective from November 10th, 1943, with the drug ring murder starring Lon Clark, also in the cast, Helen Choate. And that was sustained over the mutual broadcasting system. I want to remind all of our listeners, we have a website where you can hear a podcast of this show at Hollywood360radio.com. Hollywood360 radio.com we have our full podcast there every week however it is one week behind from the broadcast we want to give our stations the ability to have the show first but if you miss it on the radio stations check it out on our podcast hollywood360radio.com we also have our schedule posted there so if you are dying to know what we are playing prior to my posting it on our Facebook page go to our website as well all right thank you Lisa all right, you ready for Duffy's Tavern? Oh, One of the funniest the radio shows of all time. Ed Gardner starred as Archie the Manager, and it came to radio in 1940. Lasted all the way into the 1950s. We have a terrific episode now for you from January 5th, 1945. On this show, Archie quits his job at the tavern. The special guest is Jinx Falkenberg. Let's tune it in. Part one of Duffy's Tavern. We take you now to Duffy's Tavern. Hello, Duffy's Tavern. Where do you leave me? Pete Archie, the manager speaking. Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Tonight, uh, Jinx Porkin bike. Hmm, cover girl, swimmer, movie actress, tennis star. Yep, she's packed to the hilt with talent. <laughs> and boy, what a hilt. <laughs> Yeah, lovely face, Duffy. You know, the kind of a girl you'd like to have for a sister. Only if she was, you'd wish she wasn't. <laughs> yeah, but uh, tonight I got other things on my mind, Duffy. Huh? Well, look, now that we're closing up the joint, I might just as well tell you that I'm quitting. Huh? Look, now, for 15 years you have worked me like I was a dog. You treated me like the dirt on your feet. 
You pulled me out like I was a thick-headed jerk. You paid me wages that even a moron wouldn't work for. Huh? Well, I got my own reasons for quitting. <laughs> now, look, Duffy. Please, do not argue. Tears and lamentation will get you nowhere. <laughs> well, I gotta go. Huh? I bid you bon voyage, sir. Uh, don't bother me now, Eddie. I gotta check this ad for tribagathical errors. Uh, see. Uh, available. High class maestro de hotel. Harvard graduate. Also some high school. <laughs> Wonderful executive. E-C-K-X. Z-E-C-K-Z. Y-O-U-U. <clears throat> No, I think I got one diphthong too many. <laughs> hey, Eddie. Uh, yeah? How do you spell executive? Executive? Mm, E-X-E-C-U-T-I-V-E. Eddie, leave us not guess, shall we? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but you, you really gonna leave this place, Mr. Archie? Yeah, Betty, the cast has died. I already told you... <laughs> And boy, what a relief, you know. For the first time in 15 years, I feel freedom cushing through me veins. Yes, sir, Eddie, when I leave this job, I'll be working on air. And living on it, too. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll do okay. I've learned a lot from working for that dirty miser. Yeah. Yes, sir, next time a boss tells me I'll only have to work 80 hours a week, six and a half days for 15 bucks, brother, I'll get it in writing. <laughs> When I think how that Duffy has pushed me around, well, I don't have to tell you, Eddie. You know how much I've taken from him. And without getting caught, too. <laughs> uh, Miss Archer, uh, uh, how you happen to come to work in this gastronomical Alcatraz in the first place? <laughs> I was a dope, Eddie. I let that Duffy soft soap me into it. What a picture you painted. Archie, someday this place will be all yours. I ain't gonna live forever. Promises. <laughs> Empty promises. He let you down, huh? Yeah. Uh, how'd he suck you into coming here? Well, I, I was just an inexperienced country boy at the time, and when Mr. Duffy told me the hours and the pay, the, I thought it was a good job. Come on, Eddie, quit kidding. What what keeps you here? Well, as, as a matter of fact, see, I, I kind of like this place. Huh? Yeah. Maybe I'm just a sucker for bright lights and the crunch of pretzels. Yeah, I, I know how you feel, Eddie. There is certain things about this joint that does get under your skin. Yeah. Yeah. The soft swish of a customer being dragged through the sawdust. <laughs> yeah. The general rattle of teeth getting knocked out in a fight. Yeah. The gusty smacking of lips at the free lunch. Mm. Followed by the dull thud of falling bodies. <laughs> now, wait a minute. He quit trying to nostalgize me. I see what you're trying to do. No, sir. My mind is made up. Uh, hello. <laughs> hello, Finnegan. Yeah, it is. I was saying my mind is made up. What's the matter, Arch? You sound sad. <laughs> yeah, Finnegan. You see, I... I ain't gonna be here much longer. You ain't gonna be... Go on, Arch. You'll live to dance at my funeral. 
Finnegan, I ain't talking about rigoring me mortis. Oh, oh. I'm talking about quitting me job. Oh, Doc Joe. Uh, Art, I don't want to shame a ghoul, but uh, if there's going to be a vacancy, I wonder if Duffy would consider Finnegan. me... There is an old maximum. You can't fill a vacancy with a vacancy. <laughs> you know, there's a lot to learn before you can manage a joint like this. So, so what? I learn very fast. Well, if you learn very fast, how come you don't know nothing? Well, easy come, easy go. <laughs> it's laughable. You run Duffy's Tavern. Then again, you had no business experience. Oh, gee. You'll forget my dog walking around. And the year that I was associated with that Heidi Guyton. You mean one of them hand organs with a monkey? Yeah. Uh, which end of the business were you in? <laughs> yeah, I was the one that turned the crank. Oh. Well, was the uh, enterprise successful? Uh, well, between you and me, no. You see, a business has to be built on confidence and... Frankly, I just couldn't trust that monkey. Well, Finnegan, you'd have problems on this job, too. <clears throat> no, uh, I'm afraid I couldn't recommend you. Oh, another failure. Yeah, you do have tough luck, don't you? Yeah, it's a case of us, Finnegan, Josh. I guess I'm just like me father. The one time in his life he started to make good money selling apples, boom, the depression ended and he was wiped out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's when you left school and went to work, wasn't it? Uh, no, I, I wanted to leave school, but my mother wouldn't let me. I was only in 4B. How old was you? Not quite 19. <laughs> yeah, besides, my mother wanted me to stay until I learned to read and write. Well, did you? No, it was terrible. First, I could read and I couldn't write. And I finally learned to write and I forgot how to read. Boy, <laughs> oh, it was a vicious cycle. Oh, uh, then why didn't your mother let you go to work? Uh, she was afraid it would interfere with me education. Well, which was your first job, the dog walking or the hurdy-gurdy? Neither one. I started as a panhandler. Then again, you a panhandler? Uh, not for long, Arch. It wasn't for me. Asking strangers for a nickel for a cup of coffee. I got sick of it. Why, it sounds like easy money. Yeah, but who could drink all that coffee? <laughs> well, I'm going to miss you, Finnegan. <clears throat> but on the other hand, it'll be such a pleasure to get away from that big, fat, blubber-headed boss of mine. Archie, you stop talking that way about Papa. What makes you think I'm talking about your father, Miss Duffy? What other big, fat, leather-headed boss have you got? <laughs> you mean that I did have? <clears throat> I'm quitting. Maybe you don't know it. Yeah, I heard about it. And I think it's a dirty trick after all Papa's done to you. <laughs> <laughs> what gratitude. Why, Papa made you what you are today. You work with good for nothing. <laughs> he made... Look, Miss Duffy... I have worked for your father 15 years, man and beast. <laughs> and if I had it to do over again, it would be over his dead body. What an ingrate. After Papa picks you up, gives you a swell job, treats you like a son, lends you money whenever you want. 30% interest? 
Well, he has to protect himself lending money to a fellow with a job like yours. <laughs> but uh, that doesn't say that he's stingy. Well, then I'll say it. <laughs> Getting dough out of that guy is like trying to get blood out of a tourniquet. <laughs> Look, Archie, you don't know him like I do. You only know Papa as a boy, but I know him as a father. And believe me, people like him don't grow on trees. Nope. They swing from them. <laughs> Archie, you don't understand him. Just because he's not the flashy type of a boss who likes to show off to his employees by giving them large salaries. <laughs> he, uh, he certainly been good to me. He has, huh? Yeah. Whenever I wanted a few extra dollars, he never stopped me from going out and working for it. You don't understand him. On the surface, he may seem to despise you and hate you. But underneath it all, he's really sincere. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Believe me, tonight when you told him that you weren't coming back, he, he just sat there with a lump in his throat. No kidding? Yeah. He was so shocked, he swallowed a pig's foot whole. <laughs> he did, huh? Really? Gee, maybe I'm... No, sir, I gotta be strong. Now, leave me alone, Miss Duffy. Jinx Borkenberg will be here any minute, and I want to get this ad mailed. Now, let's see. Uh, wonderful executive. Tall, suave, nifty appearance. We'll deal with principles only. Hot dog or hamburger stands need not apply. <laughs> well, I guess that does it. Hello? Duffy's Tavern. Archie, the future ex-manager speaking. <laughs> oh, it's you, huh? Well, I ain't changed me mind when I eat it. No, sir, I'm still quitting. Well, it's your own fault for treating me the way you do, you thick-headed, ugly, stupid baboon. Well, it's time you realize that I'm your equal. <laughs> That's the first portion of Duffy's Tavern. More of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Carl Amari. These classic radio shows are direct from master recordings and digitally remastered. It's very important to me to offer you the best sound quality. We license these classic radio shows from the owners and estates for the privilege of using their master recordings as our source material so that we can pass that great sound quality on to you. Oh, you can find classic radio shows sold on the Internet from companies that are not authorized to sell them, but you'll often be disappointed by the inferior sound quality. If you enjoy listening to and collecting great sound quality classic radio shows, we've set up a website just for you at ClassicRadioStore.com so you can enjoy them anytime, anywhere. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to download your favorites to your smartphone, computer, or any listening device. We offer thousands of digitally remastered classic radio shows, uncut and unedited, including the original commercials, delivered to you instantly via digital download. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and start collecting all your favorites in brilliant sound quality. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, it's the conclusion to Duffy's Tavern from 1945. Then it's Raymond Chandler's hard-boiled detective, Philip Marlowe from 1949. That's next time right here on Hollywood 360. Don't miss it. 